Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go race. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports Television Analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch and Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that out there. Oh, that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman they can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Yeah, look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there. And cook perfect. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like people I'm about to die, I will ask for 15 to 20 chicken. It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett. Welcome to episode 81 of the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. We're back after a week off. Busy Memorial Day weekend that saw the debut of young D. Welch on the Indy 500 broadcast for NASCAR. Or why did I say NASCAR? What the? Uh, for IndyCar and NBC, how was your experience, D. Welch, at the greatest race in the world? Yeah, it was fun. It was um, obviously a really cool day and, um, you know, best best race in the world. So um, it was really cool to be a part of it and exciting finish at a first-time winner which, uh, and beautiful weather, which is all you can ask for. So it was a lot of fun. It's cool to see Chip win another one. Uh, how many is that for Ganassi now? uh boy i don't know a lot uh he hadn't he hasn't hadn't won since dixon or no no he won gosh i don't even remember last time ganassi won dixon hadn't won since 2008 but i think ganassi had maybe not won since like 2018 or 19 or not eight well i don't yeah i don't know i don't even remember mm-hmm that was his fifth Indy 500. Uh, I guess Kenny Brack was – is that another car owner? Uh, he tied him. No, Kenny No, Kenny Brack won in 1999. He and Erickson are the only Swedish drivers to win. Oh, thank you for fixing that, yeah. But that was that was Chip's fifth. Um, cool, cool to see, you know, uh, Erickson, good story. Um, I think – wasn't it on our podcast where I, like, just absolutely, like – dumpstered on uh, that race because they like finished with like you know they 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 finished under yellow one of the years uh and they actually like went red this year with like five to six to go to give it give us a finish which i think was the correct call all the way correct call um and i think i was happy with what they did this year i mean i gotta, well, I gotta that, give, and that you know, was credit i gotta give them credit for it that was a point of contention because two years ago I think when Dixon could have won, they didn't go red. They just ran it out under yellow. And he was, hold on, <coughs> excuse me. 
Um, he was upset because this year they did go red and not that it would have maybe changed anything, but in 2020, it's like the Sato was leading and maybe wouldn't have made it, or it would have just, it would have changed the outcome. I think if they hadn't gone red and had, you know, or had, had gone red and not stayed yellow. Um, so he was upset like at the inconsistency of that, but, um, I don't know. It's, I thought it was a great race regardless. I like always seeing it finish under green. So I'm in favor of it. Even though it really didn't, I mean, there was a crash in the last lap and they came caution to the checkers, but at least they were green on the final lap and the yeah, white true. flag and we got the last lap drama, you know, all that. Um, yeah, it was good in E500. It was really a good, a good, uh, you know, night of racing. Uh, Chase Briscoe and Kyle Larson put on a show in the Coke 600, even though we stood there for five and a half hours waiting for the ending. Um, but, you know, those cars are hard to drive in NASCAR right now. And, uh, you know, some of the dirt guys are rising to the top here. Briscoe and Larson put on a show there. Yeah, I'll be honest. I watched very little of the Coke 600 and very little NASCAR last weekend, but, um, you know, saw saw the results and obviously, you know, Briscoe was, um, you know, was impressive and everything else. So um, it's, it's interesting, you know, it's, it's some of these tracks they go to, the new car works really well and there's other tracks they go to, it doesn't work really well and people still complain. So I don't know what... Uh, I don't know what they want, but it seemed seemed like it was exciting. You know, seemed like it was an entertaining finish. So I guess that's uh, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, I spent the week in NASCAR land. It was nice to see all my friends down there. I know I got to see you guys and go to dinner with you, uh, and it was a good 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 week. Now we get ready to kick off a ton of racing on Flow Racing. Uh, the Indiana Midget Week is coming up for the USAC National Midget Series, which is a grueling. Um, you know, what is it like nine days of, of, of midget racing, some of the best racing you will ever see. It's, you know, it's personally one of my favorite forms of racing, you know, of course, the Welch races in the Chili Bowl every year. Uh, but midget racing is, is awesome, especially Indiana Midget Week, because on Flow Racing, you get to see sprint cars as well. It's pretty much a double header of USAC National Sprint Car Series and midget racing, um, because a lot of those guys will hop in, you know, either a local ride or or bring their sprint car and you know, it's a double dose of sprint car and midget racing. It's, it's just as good as Indiana sprint week, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and midget week is arguably better for that very reason, because, and especially now that it's expanded, I mean, it's eight races in 10 days. So it's basically just like sprint week. Um, but you get midgets and sprint cars and during sprint week, you get, you know, your support classes, the modifieds and, you know, all those other, you know, boxes that run around some of these racetracks but at least midget week you <laughs> wow. get midgets and sprint cars and can't beat that the boxes <laughs> dude i think the kokomo stock cars are the shit man they lift up that left front and freaking three-wheel it around there dude those things are sick what are the thunder cars well yeah that happened one time and everybody <laughs> replays that jack slash video like it happens every single week but it literally <laughs> happened one time <laughs> the thunder cars are sick though uh midget week tri-city bloomington lawrenceburg tri-state that's the that's second third fourth and fifth then they take a two-day break and they're back at circle city Raceway on june 8th then lincoln park speedway june 9th june 10th and then june 11th those are lincoln park gas city and kokomo i will be at gas city and kokomo to end indiana midget week on the 10th and the 11th we'll see who 
is crowned the champion. Um, all of those races will be on flow racing. And this is really where the championship is decided for the USAC national midget series. Right now it's a five point gap to defending or back to defending uh, champion, buddy Kofoid right now, Justin Grant is leading all three series in the USAC national sprint car series, the USAC national midget series and the USAC silver crown series. We are on triple crown alert right now. D Weld. Yeah, it's, um, you know, and, and obviously not only triple crown alert, but, uh, you know, all three in the same year, which is only, um, you know, I think has only been done twice, I guess, with Tony and, and JJ Ailey. So, yep. um, that would be, uh, would be a pretty impressive accomplishment. And, uh, but there's a long way to go. As you said, there's a lot of, a lot of points to be gained and lost, not only, uh, in midget week, but, you know, the rest of these speed week events that are coming up. Um, you know, it's, it's very easily, very easy for, um, you know, the, the tables to get turned and the points to kind of get, get, you know, swapped around. So, uh, it's an important stretch, you know, especially for the midgets. They don't, you know, they don't race as much, you know, as some of the other series. So, um, you gotta, you gotta take them when you can and, and take advantage of it. I was just reminded of a sun dollar restoration hat shake of the week. Let's get into that. So we can mention some of our winners that we, uh, we've again, again, took a week off. Uh, as I was uh, down in Charlotte shooting a film and D Welch was working the Indy 500 and uh, the month of May, we, we missed, I think a sprint car race at Terre Haute. Um, there's, there's been a lot of racing. Um, my hat shake today is going to go to Mitchell Moles, uh, who's been gassing it, uh, you know, nearly won at Terre Haute. I think he something broke the next, the next night, but it's, you know, USAC national sprint car debut, you know, racing for Ryan Bull and they were fast as shit at Terre Haute all weekend long. Um, and he's third in points right now. That's what reminded me of it with the USAC national midget series. It's, uh, you know, his rookie campaign with the USAC midget series. And he's, he's really putting up a fight against those guys. He's been really good as, you know, moving to Indiana. He's, he's just the next wave of talent coming from the West coast, uh, to race in Indiana. Yeah, he's a star for sure. And, um, you know, obviously runs for Chad boat and the midget deal. And, um, you know, think think he's a, he's a championship threat, you know, I mean, from here on out, you know, just if he can, you know, continue to, to stay in a ride consistently and, um, you know, get more laps and experience, but he's, he's got the talent. There's no doubt about that. You're muted. Tyler, you're muted. What the f Mark, earmark that. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get that out of there. My bad. <laughs> wow. Nine fifty is the time code. Thank you. Uh, let's pick that back up. All right, let's get into some some more hat shakes. Um, you know, let's let's start with the you know the twenty third through the thirtieth, just because that's you know the week before that. I don't really want to go back to that. I mean, what? Who who won the Holman? Uh, was that Grant that won the Holman? No, it was Blue, uh, right? Blue. And I was going to, I'm going to give, I'm just going to jump on this now since we're talking about it. I was going to give mine to him, but not only because he won, but I don't know if you saw the victory lane pictures, but uh, our old buddy Derek By is, or was back on the wrenches for Robert. Um, and Derek is a guy who he won the championship with Robert in 2015 and, um, you know, really kind of helped Robert turn his program around, you know, a few years ago when he, 
um, you know, kind of started to reel off some wins there in mid 2014. And then, and then they obviously went on that tear and won the championship in 15. So, uh, they separated for a little bit and I don't know if they're back together, you know, permanently or, you know, until Robert makes him mad again, or I don't, you know, I don't know, but, um, I, I saw him in victory. I saw him in victory lane together and, um, it's obviously a great combination. So I thought that was cool to see. Yeah. Uh, the first night I think was Grant. Is that right? And then Baloo was the second night. I, uh, I think Leary didn't Leary win the first night. I'm butchering this badly. See, I, I don't remember anything that happened two weeks ago. Like it's just been that long ago. So like, I feel like, you know, if you, if you don't know who won two weeks ago, then what, you know, just go look for yourself. Like, I'm not going to tell you, like, sorry about that. But, uh, Yes, Even if Leary won to, the first night. Anything. Leary won the first night at Terre Haute. Robert Blue won the Tony Holman Classic. Uh, Blue's program really good right now, and you know I'm excited to see them. Uh, you know, see what they can do. You know, the Indiana Sprint Week stretch. They're good at a lot of those Indiana tracks, and then um, you know towards the end of the year when they go back to Eldora and, and all these other places, SmackDown. They're good at Kokomo. So, yeah, Derek Bye back on the wrench is good. Good to see that. So, uh, let's go through some of the the winners this week. I, 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 I before I was muted. I was going to tell you that I went to the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series races at Millbridge Speedway, which is an awesome track. Uh, Gavin Bochelle won the first night we were there. Cannon McIntosh won the second night. Um, I think the micro features Larson won one of them, and Brent Cruz, I think, won the first one. Uh, I don't know if that's right or not, but maybe it was Bochelle that won. Why do I do this? Uh, it was Cruz. <laughs> Cruz and Kyle. Was it Cruz? Uh, Bobby Santos had a big weekend at Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park. He won the USAC National Midget Series pavement race at IRP and also the Silver Crown race doubled up Carb Night Classic. D. Welch, that was some big wins for Santos. Yeah, and I know uh, we've had him on this show, and he always talks about how bad he wants to meet Cody. So um, the double up at Raceway Park, I'm sure, was a big deal to him. Our guest today, Tyler Rorig, won the Little 500 at Anderson. It was back-to-back for him. Sheldon Hodenshield won at Atomic with the Outlaws. He went back-to-back uh, and won another one, I think, at Lawrenceburg. Yeah, it was, it was a good race between me and Logan Shuhart and uh, Kyle Larson at Lawrenceburg. That place is badass. Um, let's see. Who else are some of our other winners? Polly Cola Giovanni won with the Empire Sprints in uh, Fulton, New York. It was just so much freaking racing. Knoxville, Aaron Reitzel won. Also, McCarl won. It sounds like he's leading the points, and I believe Blake's trying to get him on Anderson 410 uh, to talk about leading the points at Knoxville and also uh, his win. Anthony Macri won the Weikert. He swept both nights at Port Royal Speedway. Anthony Macri might be one of the best sprint car drivers in the country right now. Are you muted? No. Was that a question? <laughs> You had nothing to say about that. <laughs> I mean, you're you're right. I mean, he's winning races, so. <laughs> nice, Macri uh, rolling right now at Port Royal Speedway. Uh, you know, he has he has uh, a lot of wins. He has a lot of wins this year in a sprint car. Let's just put it that way. I don't know how many it is, but he has a lot of them. It's hard to count nowadays with how many wins he has. Um, if you won this week and I didn't mention you, sorry, uh, I'm done. I'm done with this, uh, this segment. Jason, you can stop fast-forwarding uh, through it. That was your segment brought to you by Sun Dollar Restoration, our friends at Sun Dollar Restoration. Who, who was your hat check again, D. Welch? Uh, Baloo and Derek. Baloo and Derek. 
and mine was Mitchell Moles. Visit them at sundollar.net. They'll put a roof on your house to help you with water, fire, mold restoration in the greater Indianapolis area. They are our friends. They support racing. You know, they're on Zev Wise they'll, sure they'll, they'll make sure your plumbing works too. Yeah, they'll definitely make sure your plumbing works. Uh, your plumbing will get a workout. Uh, with sundollar.net. <laughs> oh, is that why you laugh every time I I, I mentioned I mentioned Jason? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm trying to sell, trying to advertise his business for him. So they do it all. <laughs> I saw pictures. What uh, what night was that? Was that was, I think it was at I ninety six. You were chilling out on his his little open veranda there. Like he has a hole yeah. in his house. That's like a that's like a garden with like <laughs> what what is he what does he call it? The sun dollar patio or something? Yeah, yeah, the sun dollar patio. Yeah, sun dollar no, we were hanging out. Is what it is. Yeah, we were hanging out watching. I think it was I ninety six. So good times. Yeah. Yeah, good times. Uh, sundollar.net. They'll fix your house. That's all I got for you. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Rorig won the Little 500. Big story. Back-to-back. He's going to be racing at Berlin and the Money in the Bank uh, 150 coming up next week at Berlin on Flow Racing. Let's talk to him. He is next. This is episode, what is it, 81? I'm 81. right. 81 of the loud pedal podcast what is that phil kessel in hockey who's who else is 81 wasn't blue 81 at one point yeah i was 81 you were an 81 oh yeah was that the was that the year that you uh flipped your ass off at the chili bowl i mean i was 81 this year at the chili bowl too so let's talk to tyler rourke he's next thanks for listening watching the loud pedal podcast on flow Historic. They are the ancestors of the current Indianapolis car. As we get ready for exciting, you said, good car racing. But we're not here for horses, we're here for horsepower. And we're back on the Loud Pedal Podcast. Back to back champion of the Little 500, Tyler Rorig joins us. It looks like he's in his racing office, you know, maybe. Uh, you know, I see some racing pictures behind you. It looks like maybe even a picture of Anderson back there. It's always nice to join, you know, live and in color. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, guys, uh, appreciate you having me on here. Um, I've watched a lot of I've watched a lot of the uh, the podcast you guys do, and you do a great job. Well, thank you. Uh, we're excited to have you, obviously. And uh, let's talk about uh, last Saturday. It was a uh, you obviously have won the second one now, but this one was. Uh, was pretty exciting. There were a, a few close calls, I know, but um, take us through, I guess, just the race in general. I mean, and not even necessarily your race, but just what makes that race so crazy and so hard to win, not only once, but twice for people that maybe have never seen it or, or don't really know that much about it. Yeah, it uh, it was a crazy race this time, especially um, compared to last year. Last year was was way easier from uh, from my perspective, but it's just you know that's just the nature of the little five hundred. I mean, you got thirty three sprint cars on a tight high bank quarter mile track with live pit stops. Um, even if you have a good night, there's going to be times in that race where it's 
it's uh there's things not going your way right so um it just uh there's there's always action there's always you know some some sort of crazy drama or, or whatever unfolding uh at different points in that race so it, it makes it, it makes it really cool for the fans for the teams i know there's no other race besides the indy 500 so there's two races in the world that start three wide um you know coming to the green you, you start on the front row but how important is it to get like a good restart and, and did you and, and you know i feel like from there it's just kind of smooth sailing until you have that incident there in the middle of the race and you, you know that's when the fight begins yeah um i didn't i didn't get a great start um which was okay with me you know i i didn't necessarily want to be the first guy through lap traffic because uh you know the lap cars are obviously going to fight the leader harder than than second and third um so uh, Brian Gerser got out to the lead, and Cody Swanson was second. I was third. Um, I ended up taking the lead around lap 100, and uh, it was all going great. We uh, we made a pit stop, had a had an excellent pit stop. My pit crew did a did a great job on both stops, for that matter, and uh, came back out. And I was uh, I was racing with uh, Bobby Santos for a second, and uh, I feel terrible that this happened. But a a car in front of us spun out, and uh, I was I was working I was racing Bobby pretty hard, you know, trying to pass him, and uh, he checked up and I, I, I just, I didn't check up in time and I, I went over top of him and caused a big crash and uh, took him out of the race, unfortunately. Well, that's the thing about that race though, too, right? Is that there's, everything's happening so fast. I mean, you guys are running like, you know, under 11 second laps around there anyways, you know, by yourself. So, I mean, things are happening really fast and that's half the battle, right? Is that you you can, like you said, run a perfect race and something happens in front of you that's out of your control and you get collected in it and your day could be over, right? Like it's, it's, there's a lot that goes into just getting to the end of that race that makes it tough. Yeah. I mean, there is, you know, there's a, there's a lot of lap cars you have to deal with. Um, you know, not all of them are, are necessarily aware of their surroundings, I guess is what I would say, um, you know, with respect to lead lap cars. So you just, you got to put yourself in, in, in good positions. And, uh, I felt like I was doing that. It's just, you know, uh, something happened in, in, in front of me and Bobby and, and I couldn't get slowed down. And like I said, I, I feel, I feel terrible about it. Me and Bobby, we've, we've always raced pretty good together. Um, never had any, any on track issues really. So, um, it's just, it's just one of those things though, you know, I've been taken out in that race, um, you know, kind of the same way before. So I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's just the way that race goes. You can do everything right, and, and a lap car could, could take you out pretty easily, or, or something could go wrong in the pits, or a push truck could go over you. There's there's so many variables that go into that race, but at the same time, that's what makes it so rewarding when you when you run good and, and, and even win. Pit stops, you mentioned uh, there are not – well, I think it's probably the only sprint car race that has pit stops now, right? Um and you have to fight, you know, you have to yell and scream to get a push truck to get behind you. I mean, can you just describe like the chaos of what a pit stop is during the little 500? Yeah, it, uh, it's, it's pretty wild, right? Just, uh, just getting in your pit stall quickly and straight is, is hard for the driver getting the thing out of gear in time. Uh, there, there's no, there's no speed limit on pit road and a lot of guys will take advantage of that or, you know, then when they push you off, it's it's hard to get out sometimes because there's other cars pitted. There might be other push trucks, so you might have to zigzag around them. And it's uh, 
it's chaotic. I mean, there's usually a lot of fuel get that, that gets spilled mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, push trucks coming out on the, out on the track and everything. And it, it's, uh, it makes a, it makes, it makes that race, uh, you know, one of a kind in that respect. What's harder about the little five, the physical aspect or the mental aspect to balance all of that stuff and, you know, the stuff on track too? Um, I would, I would say the mental aspect for sure is, is hard. I think the race took two hours and 38 minutes or something like that this year. So, I mean, that's a long time. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of cars. You have to pass every car you get to, you know, so that, uh, the mental aspect is hard, but honestly, with like a hundred to go after I got in that, after I got in that wreck and everything, it, it tore my car up pretty good. It bent the front axle and bent both front shocks and. So it didn't drive as good, but I was, I was just like gassed with, with a hundred to go. And luckily I held on, but it was, it was, it was really, uh, it was like a, it was like a two day hangover from that race, honestly, until, uh, today I, you know, got back to work, but, uh, I, uh, I didn't do much the last two days. <laughs> I had a buddy tell me that like, besides the chili bowl, like there's no other race that he can't miss every year besides that race is, I mean, the atmosphere of it, you know, the three wide starts, you know, the spotters, you know, it's just, it's a cool, you know, sprint car race. You know, a lot of sprint car fans don't get to enjoy that, you know, a lot during the year. And it's like a one, once in a you know year opportunity. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's nothing, you know, just the pageantry of that race is, is awesome. You know, it, it mimics the Indy 500, obviously, but it, uh, there's nothing like that place on Saturday night, right before we're about to fire off. I mean, the atmosphere is just, it's just electric. There's, you know, 10,000 or 12,000. I don't know how many fans there there's, but it's full and there's a lot of people. And, uh, it's, it just, it makes you really feel special that you're, that you're involved in, in something that's, that's that important to, to that many people in the community. You obviously had a really bad crash at Anderson a few years ago now. Um, what's, what's your, your, I don't want to say your relationship like with that racetrack, but has winning the last two years has that kind of um has that meant something to you just because of of you know what it almost took away from you a few years ago yeah i mean for sure you know it it kind of feels like it it uh it came full circle i guess um since since then but uh you know anderson was always a place i really struggled at even even before i got hurt there um in late models or sprint cars anything and i just i never I never like looked forward to going there just cause I, I couldn't figure it out, but you know, they kind of started the sprint car series there. Um, I think in 2018. So, and I'm like, man, if, if I'm going to be a pavement sprint car driver, I'm going to have to learn to like this place. So that's, that's kind of the, the approach I took since then. That race is so historic. I mean, the first one was run in 1951 and you know, there's only been, I think four others. That have won more than two of those events so it's cody swanson brian tyler eric gordon and frank riddle um that's you know there's the, the first one obviously special but to win multi-time I, I, that had to be a good feeling yeah i mean nothing nothing compares to the first one right and i felt like we won the first one just because of raw speed you know but uh this last one we obviously had a lot of speed but uh we had a lot of luck uh on our side um you know the red flag came out when i got in that tangle with bobby and uh and i didn't lose any laps otherwise i probably would have lost five or six or, or even more laps there and basically would have been out of the race but uh 
No, it is cool to win two in a row. I mean, there's there's been some big names that have done that, um, or just to win multiple, you know. So um, I don't feel like I necessarily deserve to be mentioned with those guys or anything. But uh, but it it's cool. It's cool for my team, you know. It's it was it was awesome, you know. On the cool down lap, I drove around. I saw how happy they were in the infield, and you know that made me feel pretty uh, pretty happy. Was there anything that you took from last year's race, just from a knowledge standpoint, is you know that applied or that you can apply, you know, kind of moving forward? Or, I mean, is the race just too unpredictable to, to even rely on past races? Um, I mean, so you're right that the race is, is very unpredictable, but I, I wouldn't say last year, but the, the year before that, um, I ran third and Santos won, but I, I led a lot of the race. Right. And it just, it just occurred to me like, Hey, I, I know I, can do what it takes to win this race. You know, I just got to keep putting myself in position, in position to do that. You know, I learned a lot that year on, because that was the first year I finished it, I think. And um, I learned a lot as far as, you know, what it takes to, to get to the end. And, and we still ran third, but I mean, I was pretty disappointed after leading that many laps. But like I said, I, I proved to myself that I, I know I could, I know I had what it, took to win the race it was just a matter of of positioning myself correctly and, and just being there at the end to do it you mentioned work what do you do for work uh, outside of racing uh, i build i build uh penske shocks um mostly for mostly for the stock car side um obviously i build them for my own sprint car and, and a few other guys but uh it uh it's a business really my dad kind of started just as a side gig and uh he turned it over to me like I don't know, seven or eight years ago now. And I, uh, it's, it's really grown a lot and it's, it's been nice, you know, cause obviously I love racing. So, uh, it's pretty much all I, all I do all day is, is something to do with racing now. The shock deal is, is obviously something that has, um, it's always been important, but it seems like the last few years and especially in open wheel racing has really become a really important piece to kind of be on top of, you know, on your race car, just because everything else is, is kind of, so similar the shocks are kind of where you can you can make a difference so how valuable is that knowledge and and building your own stuff to kind of building it how you want to build it i'm assuming yeah it's i mean it's it's big right i uh i mean shocks are like anything else you know just just because you know how to assemble one doesn't mean that you necessarily are doing it right i guess which i mean i'm sure i make mistakes too still but it uh you know, it's just a matter of, of tuning it to, to the feel that, that I like, which I'm sure is way different than what, you know, a lot of sprint car guys have just because of my background in late models. So, um, but it, it's been nice. You know, I, I like to tune with shocks a lot, but I, I'll be the first one to tell you that shocks should probably be the last thing that gets adjusted on the race car. You know, like a, a shock change will never override like a spring change, for instance. But uh, yeah, it, it's been nice and, and uh, it's just... You know, it allows me to, to adjust a lot of different things and then try a lot of different things. The cool thing about having you on the show is that you're kind of dipping into both not only the open wheel, even dirt audience, uh, right? Like, you know, there's there's a lot of dirt fans who still appreciate open wheel like pavement racing. Um, but you're, you're kind of a late model guy, you know, stock car guy too, right? You're, you know, awesome in the outlaw late models. And, and you know, coming up next week, you're going to run, you know, the money in the bank at Sorry. Berlin with the super, super lates. Uh, um, th is something wrong with the connection? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I had a, someone called, someone called me there. 
Oh, someone called you. But no, I was just talking about how di how diverse your driving is, right? You you you're an open wheel, fit, you know, racer. You're also an outlaw, you know, outlaw late model, you know, big time races, you know, one in that, and then you know the super lates you've been dipping into. Like, you like to drive a lot of different race cars. Yeah, for sure. I just I just like to race, you know, and um, that means driving a lot of different cars, and then so be it. Um, you know, we uh, my background obviously is, is late models and. Uh, you know, had some decent success in that. So, um, I wanted to, I, I've always been interested in sprint car racing. You know, I, I started out in quarter midget, so that kind of, you know, gave me the itch early at an early age to, uh, to do some open wheel racing. But, uh, yeah, I got the money in the bank next week at, at Berlin, uh, in Lee Van Dyke's car. Um, we ran the first two, uh, races there that were on flow actually, and we were fast time, but had a flat tire both times, so didn't have much to show for it. But hopefully our luck there turns around. What's the biggest thing you have to adjust your driving style to when you go from a pavement stock car to something like a pavement sprint car? I mean, what's what's the biggest adjustment you have to make? Um, you know, anymore, it's, it's not as big of a deal um, as opposed to when I started uh going back and forth actually i started mostly doing wing sprint cars when i when i moved into the open wheel scene and it really wasn't that big of an adjustment but when i started running non-wing it was it was a lot more of a challenge for me right and um i don't know i've, I've done it so much now and went back and forth that it's i think it's kind of like a muscle memory you know you see guys like uh like cody swanson jumping in a midget silver ground car late model sprint car just anything and, and they're fast you know the first lap on the track and i think a lot of it's just you know, muscle memory and, and experience from doing it so much now. I was interested because, you know, Chase Briscoe is obviously t really turned into a good stock car racer, but, you know, also was a sprint car guy. And Clinton Boyer made a comment, like, he drives off of his right front, like, looking out the right front. And the biggest thing you notice when guys who go from sprint car racing is, like, the stock car is big, right? Like, it's hard to know, like, you know, if you can, how close you can be out the right front to other drivers. Whereas when you're in an open wheel car, you can see that right front wheel almost like, um, is, is it the size of the cars and, and does, does, is there a big adjustment in that? Um, well, I'll say this, like Anderson Speedway, for instance, um, I, I really don't enjoy racing late models there that much just cause, cause they're just, they're not like a ton bigger, right? But they're big enough to where it, it makes it a lot more difficult to pass and, and just to race compared compared to a sprint car, you know? So, I mean, that, uh, that makes a, that makes a huge difference to me. Um, I really enjoy racing sprint cars there, you know, it, you can, you can get side by side and race with people, but the man like late models are, they're, they're obviously bigger. So it, you know, it makes it harder to race at, at certain places. I know we, you mentioned Berlin and, um, you know, Eric Jones has just been added to the field this week. You know, William Byron's going to be there, uh, Bubba Pollard, Carson Hosevar. I mean, it's going to be one of the best fields that we've had on flow and, you know, probably since we added the pavement late models this year. Um, Berlin is a really tricky racetrack. You really don't stop turning, especially down the backstretch. How would you describe how, how much of a challenge that place is? Um, yeah, Berlin is, is really tough. It's one of my, one of my favorite tracks um, just because of how challenging it is. And, and once you figure it out and get your car good there, it's a lot of fun, but I feel like it's, it's one of the hardest places in the country just to get the balance correct on your car. You know, um, I've been fortunate enough to win there a few times, but uh, 
but you know, just when you think you got it figured out, I feel like you don't, you know? Um, so like I said, we've, we've been really fast there in the super late that I drive there, but, uh, you know, we've just had some bad luck in the race. We cut a right front there the last time and it destroyed that thing, but I felt like we were pretty decent, you know, up until then. It's just, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to get back up there, uh, next, next week and, and see what we got and, you know, keep working on our package there. So, um, going to be a lot of, a lot of good cars there, which, which is awesome. You know, I love it when, when there's a big field of, of stout competition. For sure. Um, well, it's good to have you on the show. Um, I didn't know you were a fan. I didn't know you watched. So, um, I figured we, we probably talked too much dirt for you. You know, you're a pavement guy, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a pavement guy, but I mean, I like all kinds of racing. Um, I actually did win a dirt race last year in a, in a modified at gas city, but, uh, the track was like perfect for a pavement guy, I guess. So, um, yeah, I love all kinds of racing, honestly, you know, um, I'm, I'm open to open to driving anything and I just, I really enjoy it. And, uh, I have to thank, I have to thank some of my sponsors, of course, uh, CB fabricating. They're my, they're my main supporter on the sprint car, um, located right there in Anderson, right down from the racetrack. I, there's no way I could do what I do and, and, uh, compete for big wins like that without them. And, uh, Evan Jackson racing engines, Penske racing shocks, Mitch Smith auto sales, their, uh, auto service. Sorry. They've, they've been big help, uh, this year. So, uh, glad, uh, glad for their support. Looking forward to catching up with you next week at Berlin. Thanks for coming on the show, man. All right. Thanks guys. Have a good Tyler Rorg, everyone back to back little 500 champion at Anderson speedway. Uh, one of the coolest races you will ever see on pavement, you know, probably you know, the Indy 500 was awesome this weekend, Dylan, but the little 500 seems to have just as good as races every year. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy, I mean, that's, that's really the best way to describe it is just crazy. Like it, it shouldn't work. Um, but it does and it's incredible. So, um, if you, you don't really have an excuse now that, uh, that they run at IRP on Friday, you used to have the night before the 500 and little five going up head to head. But now that they're separate nights, um, you know, if you haven't been, do yourself a favor and go next year. Cause it's, it's an amazing, amazing event. Yeah. It's like the, it's like a thunder series, you know, that's still going, like it just kept going, you know, that, you know, that, at that same race. Um, you know, it's 500 laps. It's three wide start. Uh, they're spotters. You, you, have you spotted in that race before? I know you've done some spotting in the past. Yeah. I spotted a couple times for, uh, for Kyle Hamilton. Did he win any of them when you were spotting? No, we finished, I think fourth and second. And the first year I didn't spot for him was the year he won. So I don't know what that <laughs> means, but, uh, <laughs> but we were, we were close. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, no, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's a really cool race. Uh, looking forward to seeing him race in the money in the bank at Berlin. Uh, that's happening, uh, six, eight. So that July 8th, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, I think it's Tuesday practice. Wednesday, uh, is the race, uh, at Berlin raceway coming up, uh, next week. Uh, we are presented by quick pits and QuickPits.com. It's your one-stop shop for over 350,000 parts and accessories from the brands you demand. Truck Jeep Auto ATV with fast free shipping to your door. Use promo code Flow Sports at checkout. Um, that is Quick Pits. That's our presenting sponsor. Also, DirtDraft.com. We want to thank them uh, for being a part of the show. Uh, you know, this year on uh, what is this? Our second season. We, we've been here since 2020 already. It feels like time is flying by. 
uh, on Flow Racing. Tri-City Speedway, the Castor Flow Racing Night in America. You can play that actually tomorrow. We're recording this podcast on May 31st. Um, so make sure you're playing your Castor Flow Racing Night in America. I know Ethan Marks, uh, my little buddy here in Michigan, He, uh, I think he's like top five in points right now. He might even be leading the Castor uh, Series on Dirt Draft. Um, the USAC NOS Energy Drink Midgets are going to Tri-City Speedway. That's on June 2nd. That's when uh, Indiana Midget Week kicks off. So we're getting D-Wells. We're right in the heart of racing here. I know Memorial Day weekend is obviously a big weekend for racing, but I always look at it as a kickoff to the summer. Um, that is a lot of freaking racing on flow. It's a lot of ton of racing. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously we've got a lot of um... – you know, a lot of like the sprint weeks and speed weeks and, and that sort of thing coming up. Um, Indiana Midget Week for USAC starts at the end of this week. Um, you know, and, and, you know, obviously we've got, you know, Eastern Storm and, and Sprint Week and uh, Ohio Speed Week and, you know, all these other, uh, all these other, you know, mini series of, of racing action, you know, coming up in the next couple months. So um, lots, uh, lots of racing to be watched and can't wait. We also cannot fail to tell you about a million-dollar dirt race that's happening at Eldora Speedway, um, actually around the same time as uh, when Berlin kicks off Money in the Bank. So that's happening next week. Uh, you know, Timmy from Loud Pedal is already uh, heading to – I think he's already in Ohio today. He might even be wheels down. Uh, we're getting ready to be wheels down. They're going to go talk to Donnie Moran and Devin Moran to talk about the million-dollar race um, that's happening, you know, Eldora Million, that leads right into the dream, you know, two of the biggest dirt late model races in all of the world happening on Flow Racing. So, um, you know, if you're listening to this, you're not a subscriber, what are you doing? Uh, are you crazy? Uh, you know, it's just, you know, the, the cost of it's like, what, going to McDonald's like three times or something? Everything's just raising in price, like as far as food. Like, you can't go to Taco Bell and leave there without $13 spent. Or is that just me? I think that's just you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Again, thanks to our friends at Sun Dollar Restoration. We mentioned them in the beginning with our hat shakes of the week. Thanks to Tyler Rory for coming on the show today. Um, hopefully you guys had a fun Memorial Day weekend, but get ready. There's some big racing coming up on Flow Racing. We'll talk to you next week. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. <laughs>